Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Cinema. My name is Mark Rennick. Welcome. I hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon, the day before Christmas Eve. Uh, I hope all is well in your world and you're looking forward to a fantastic Christmas day. This is the part of the show where I tell you what Victory Over Sin is. And Victory Over Sin is a program that is sponsored by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization funded through the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul. And what we do with that is to hopefully educate Idahoans on what it's like to be a returning citizen and to live on parole. It's an exciting project for us. We've been doing it for a little over a year now. They sponsored this radio show. And then we also do what we call uh, PowerPoint presentations in which we have taken members of uh, returning citizens and people who are on parole, and we've trained them to be speakers, and we go out and we present a PowerPoint on what it's like to be on parole. And we do that to churches, we do that to community groups, we do that to businesses, and that's really just kicked off within the last 60 days. We've got trained speakers who are out doing that, and we're excited about it. It's an important aspect. Everywhere we go with it, we get a really powerful reaction because what we do is try to highlight the things that we face as people on parole. If you're listening to my voice and you've heard it before, you know that I am a returning citizen. I'm 74975. So I've been in the system and I understand what it's like. And what we try to do is to address some of those things that we face and their difficulties. We don't make do we don't want to uh, make any uh, issue in terms of what we did. We broke the law and we were put on parole, so we were trying to deal with that. But Idaho puts some roadblocks in our way, and we'd like for the native Idahoan to understand that and to realize how much it costs you as a taxpayer, number one, and how much it costs the people who love us and care for us on an ongoing basis. That's a powerful cost. And we think Idaho could do just a few more things different. And so if you're interested in that PowerPoint you want to be a speaker, let's say, I'm going to list how you can get in touch with me at the end of the show. Reach out to me and we'll put you in one of the classes and we'll go forward and have you train it. If you're a church or your community group and you say, I don't know anything about the Idaho prison system, then reach out to me also. We'll bring the PowerPoint out and two of us will come out and talk to your group and we'll share that information. It's exciting. So that's kind of what's been going on with that on an ongoing basis. Uh, we've also, within the last week, met with our funding source on a national level. And we've gotten, it's really kind of proud to do something like this over a period of time. And we've gotten some national attention from a funding source uh, back east from St. Vincent de Paul and the people who are going to come out and visit us and see what we do. And so we're going to say, they're going to come visit us on the radio show and they're going to come visit, show us the PowerPoint. And it's important to note that the systemic change of Idaho money came out of an effort that is ongoing from St. Vincent de Paul, and that's called the Reentry Conference. And the Reentry Conference, if you will, is an entire conference 
within the organization of St. Vincent de Paul, and the only thing they do is see returning citizens as they are coming out of incarceration. So if somebody gets out of prison, they call the number, and then two Vincentians go out and meet with them, and then we help them with rent, with a bus pass, with a bicycle, with clothing vouchers. And those are the things that this group does, and we've been doing it for about five years now. And so that's the attention that we got on a national level that got us the systemic change money, and that's the one that's getting us some more uh, attention on a nationalized basis too because it's a unique approach. Idaho does Idaho, Idaho is the only one that does it like that. And so we're getting some success. So they're coming out to take a look at it. We're excited about that. I am also excited about my guest, and we'll be right back to talk to Sherry Morgan in one second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, uh, I'm excited today. I get one of the good things about doing this show is that you get to bring on people that you really like, and I, I like this lady. Sherry Morgan is here from Recovery Auto. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here with you, Mark. That's great. And your new title is? Operations Manager for Recovery Idaho. Absolutely. And uh, we've met each other oh, for the past, what, year and a half or so. We've kind of been hanging around the right circles. I've been in a training that she's put on. And uh, tell me what Recovery of Idaho is. What Recovery Idaho is, it's a number of different things. Um, we now are the entity in the state of Idaho that trains recovery coaches, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later about what that entails. And then the big thing that Recovery Idaho does is we now have nine recovery centers, recovery community centers in the state of Idaho, and we are kind of the umbrella over those nine recovery centers, helping them to obtain funds to keep their doors open. They were originally opened with grant money, but for long-term longevity, we have to help them fundraise and, and seek funds. So they've come together under your umbrella to be uh, the guiding force for ongoing funding. Correct. Correct. And that was based on a model out of Connecticut, right? That would, Was that a safe thing to say? That's a safe thing to say, And yes. then they would call, I think, did they call them wellness centers back there? Yes. Okay. So and in uh, Ada County, it's Pure Wellness. Uh, in Canyon County, it's uh, Canyon Wellness Clinic. Correct. Okay. In Emmett, it's? It's Jim County. Jim County. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and there are various ones throughout the state, right? Yes. Hope and Recovery is in Pocatello. Um, in Twin Falls is the newest one to open. They just opened a few weeks ago, and um, they are. It's a test. You didn't know there'd be a test today, did you? Uh, this is a test. Recovery in Motion. There you go. I like that name. That's yeah, a that's a neat name. And so anyway, that's, so those are exciting uh, avenues. And if you're listening to us for the first time, 
uh, those are places which a person who is in struggling with some type of addiction can go and just drop in. Here in Ada County, I know that they're open um, from 12 to 7. And uh, they have all sorts of the main, the main AA meeting, Saturday Night Live is there. They have Smart Recovery there. They have um, NA there. They have all sorts of different community groups that people, you could put on a class there if you really wanted to and go in and talk to them. They're open 12 to 7, Monday through Friday, right? Right. Okay. And um, I'll put a plug in too for this, that uh, some of the efforts with systemic change we are in that same building from 9 to 12 looking for people who, as they come out of their first day of incarceration, and uh, a group of volunteers associated with us is there, and we will meet the person the first day out of in prison. Coming out of in prison, we'll give them a voucher for some clothes, and then we'll lead them to all the resources that will be available to them. So that's another plug, too. If you're listening to us out in the desert, that would be a good stop for you in terms of your first day out. So that's the way those centers are designed to work, and they're very successful in Connecticut, correct? Correct. And so and all we're trying to do is just take their model and make it work with an Idaho stamp on it, right? Precisely, and maybe a few tweaks. Maybe a few. <laughs> but we always make things better. It seems like we always That's make things we, better. We do. We do. Because, you know, I noticed, too, this week that did you see that we are now the fastest growing state? Yes, it's a little spooky. It is. Not sure I'm happy about that. I'm not either. I think what we need to do is just keep this secret. So if you're listening to our voice, don't tell people how nice it is here. Because if you go out of state and you see how crowded it is other places, you don't want to tell them it's nice in Idaho. We've got 1.7 million people here now. And I think we kind of got enough. That's okay with me. I've been here since 95. And when I came up here from California, they almost kind of threw rocks at me because I was from California. But I think we ought to start that campaign again. I agree. <laughs> you are from where, though? I actually was born in Oregon, um, pretty much born and raised in the state of Oregon. Um, but most recently, I'm from the state of Washington. I resided just above Seattle. Okay. And what brought you to Idaho? Uh, to obtain my sobriety. I was struggling with... Um, my addiction and really felt the only way I could make a change was to leave the state of Washington, leave the relationship I was in mm -hmm. and leave my home and come to where I had family support and work on obtaining my sobriety. Yeah. And I think that is that, and you did that, did you go to the treatment center? Did originally you? I didn't. I was one of those people that said I could do it myself. And then after struggling and stumbling for a month and a half after I arrived here, I decided to seek help, and I ended up going to and a treatment facility. And to How did you it. get connected with Recovery, recovery Idaho? Um, when, uh, when I went to my inpatient treatment center down in Utah, I was told at the end of that I was working with a life coach, and he said, you know, you really need to be helping people, and he, down there, they have what's called the SEDC, which is the equivalent of what we have in Idaho, the CADC, which mm -hmm. is um, something— Which is kind of fading away, right? CADC is kind of fading away. Not as it's many people—not as many people seem to be going for it, although I don't think it's fading away. I think you're going to see it kind of come alive a little bit. Okay. Um, so, tell us what that is. So the CADC is not a— um, It's a credential. It's a credential. It's It's— just below being a clinician, a therapist, mm -hmm. um, but you have to have a substance abuse disorder, be re in recovery, mm -hmm. and you have to get your have a bachelor's degree, and then you do get take some training on counseling. Um, probably the biggest difference is is that you can share some of your 
personal experiences with the people you work with. In a CADC. Correct. Okay. And so that is along the lines of what you're training in terms of the recovery coaches. So let's talk, let's drift off into recovery coaches if that's okay. So tell me um, what's the difference, well, what's the difference between a CADC and the recovery coach? The, the biggest difference, lots of differences. Um, number one, recovery okay. coaches, the, the beauty of a recovery coach is, is, is that they typically have the same lived experiences um, with Anybody that knows anything about somebody that's in addiction knows that um, a huge percentage with women, about 80% of, of those women with addiction suffer from um, sexual or physical abuse mm -hmm. at some point in their life, um, which has probably been the cause of their addiction at, at some point. And so having somebody that's lived through that that can be your friend and understand what you've been through because you're it's a kind of a one-way friendship it's not a reciprocal friendship um, you're also there to help them find resources so many of the people that we work with as recovery coaches are returning citizens they've come out of the system um, if you look at the number of people in our system we've got two million people incarcerated today and nationwide Nationwide, yes, and half, um, and five hundred thousand of those have an addiction mm -hmm. addiction issue, and so if we have people that we've trained that have that same lived experiences, they're coming out, they're needing resources, they're needing to have um, typically they have a dual diagnosis, so they've got not okay. only addiction but they've got mental health yeah. diagnosis, so they need somebody that can help them connect them to resources in the community to get those um, resources where they can get their mental health so they can help them find jobs, so they can help them find health care, so they can help them find all of those things. And that's what a recovery coach does. They help them find the right AANA. Right. And it's not to be confused with sponsor. It's a total different situation. It's totally different because a sponsor really doesn't help you. They'll, they'll help you get to the next AA meeting right. or the next NA meeting, but they're not not going to help you find those local community resources that you're in need of and that's i don't care if you you're a returning citizen or just somebody in recovery chances are you're you've lost a lot of everything you had most people have lost mm -hmm. what they had they don't have a, a good place to live they don't have the resources they need they don't have that job and so being able to find that employer that doesn't have a stigma towards somebody that has gone through treatment. Um, that's one of the biggest things Recovery Idaho wants to do and a recovery coach can help do is get rid of the stigma. There's right. such I a think stigma. There's a couple things, too, that you kind of picked up on. Again, if you're listening to me in the desert or you're on paper or on parole, probation or parole, and this is something that you can do. It's, it is... Um, it is the crack in the ceiling, if you will, in terms of credentials at the State Department in which, with a felony background, you can still get this credential through health and welfare, which is, uh, you know, it's groundbreaking. <coughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes, so. absolutely. There are, I, I will be honest and upfront, there are a few circumstances where, mm -hmm. um, There's a few crimes de de yeah. depending on what you were convicted of, that you can't get the credential, but there are many of those that... 
on the front end look like you might not be able to get the credential, but you can get a waiver. You can get a waiver. And I, I got it. And, and I think for, I always, people always say, I want to do what you do because I'm a recovery coach too. And um, I say, well, you can. And so I did get a waiver. It was a process and you go through the, the screening. It took, took a little while, but you actually can do it and you get that credential to hang up on your wall. And I think the powerful thing that, that I see that people that do it is like what we do with the speakers for systemic. When, when one of our returning citizens stands up and talks about the statistics that we share at our events, there's a pride that comes over them. And they, they, they stand taller. They talk with a, with a voice that you, can, that you get in, involved with because you can see that they're changing their life. They think they have some help in terms of changing the direction of what, how the Idahoans view them. It's the same thing that happens with a recovery coach. You work with somebody that, that is in addiction and you lay out what is a recovery plan for them and work on that with them and you see them change, you help your sobriety as you go forward too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, That's the great thing about the concept. I, I love it. It it not only helps me, but it helps them. I learn so much more from those people when I'm doing a training or when I'm working as a recovery coach. I learn so much more from the people I'm training or I'm coaching. Exactly. Um, I learn just as much about them as they learn about me, and we grow together. And I think, too, I'm an addict myself, so it's it's like we've all had people in our lives who have said, just do this, 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 and this, and that didn't work for me. And so uh, what I always – I quote a man who's a friend of mine named John Greenlee, Dr. John Greenlee, and, uh, who works at the Lighthouse now for Boise Rescue Mission. And he always says, anything that brings you out of the darkness into the light of addiction uh, after addiction is, is, is what works for you. And so what we try to do as recovery coaches is whatever is working for you to get you that step, then we try to help you with the other things in your life that will make it successful. Long kind of Maslow's. Maslow's hierarchy. (laughs) Once you get through that stuff, then you're okay. Yeah, that's what your cohort used to always say on the training. I know that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, anything else we need to add about recovery coaches or anything? Um, I think that I just I'm a firm believer that recovery coaches, if if we're looking at recidivism or we're looking at somebody, if they're not a returning citizen, I think that a recovery coach. And they have the numbers in Connecticut because it's mm-hmm. been there the longest. That having a recovery coach as part of somebody's recovery decreases recidivism. <laughs> Sorry, yes. that word yep, doesn't come out. Right. And it's because they have the ability to talk to somebody that gets them. Yeah, they do. And I, th- I suffer the same thing. I work for a large agency, and, and uh, everybody with the alphabet stuff after their name works with them on a cognitive basis and sits down with them. But it's oftentimes it is the person like myself who comes along who's been in the same situation exactly and can actually relate to them on the things that they're having difficulty with that allow them to get to the center to, to listen to the cognitive stuff that they need to, to hear from the therapist or from the classes, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. And, and they're much more likely to call me. My recoveries are not going to call their therapist right. if they're struggling. They're going to call me. Exactly. I I happened to be helping someone the other day, and we were. I was helping her not on her recovery, but with something else. And there was were other people there, and we were all getting ready to leave. And she said, "Sherry, I just need to talk to you for a moment." And I said, "Sure." And we went off to the side, and she said, "I've been meaning to call you. My anxiety is really getting to me. I really feel like I'm going to relapse. I'm embarrassed that I haven't called you, but I wanted to talk to you about that." 
And then she showed me an e-cig and told me, I, te- I made sure that there was nothing bad in here, but it's how I'm dealing with my anxiety. And she just, she says, I just felt like I needed to come clean with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that relationship that we've built, she knew that I wasn't going to judge her and that if I thought she shouldn't do it, I would tell her that. If I thought it was okay, I would tell her that. And she has that confidence. And and I've, we've built that trust. It's a trust thing that you've built. And mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's what it is, is that building that trust. It is, it is. And I think it, that the ability to be able to listen to that person the way you do it and to understand and then not necessarily to judge, but to have the empathy that you can give because you've been in that same situation feeds the the ability for you to be compassionate and it all works her being vulnerable you being vulnerable is what makes it really work and i think too often in the clinical setup it's perceived as one person having power the other person just being the person that's going to be fixed quote unquote and that's this is the key ingredient to to what i think will help many of us struggling with addiction to uh, engage and get, get our lives back. And I think uh, in some ways it's a less expensive road for Idaho to do, and that's okay if they're doing it this way, but it might be the way that works based upon what we're seeing in Connecticut and what we're starting to see now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, Cool. So I'm excited about it. I think the future is really great for this. Um, tell me where you think, what where will Recovery Idaho be in the directions we're going the next year or so? Really, something that we're really focusing on this next year, um, of you course. Talk you, about that new legislation, maybe. Yeah, that we're focusing on two things: new legislation, the Circa Bill, which we'll get to that. But the the one thing that's at the top of our list night right now is the um, Idaho's response to the opiate crisis. Mm-hmm. You hear it every day on TV. And um, there is a crisis, and it's in Idaho. It's in every state here. And we've just gotten funding. We've just gotten signed the contracts to get the funding for that, and we're waiting for the first check to, to arrive. And those funds will go to the recovery centers to treat those people that come in with an addiction to opiates. And when we talk about this as a crisis, it might have started out as a prescription drug that they were taking, but so many times it goes from that because they, they've become addicted. They can no longer get their prescription through their doctor. Mm-hmm. So now they've turned to heroin and things like that. And so it's really getting the center set up so that they can take those people in and know how to treat them so we can create activities. Um, we're partnering in part of this with the Phoenix, which is a mm-hmm. – um, I don't know if you've heard Phoenix of it. Boise. Yeah, yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix Boise. and Jeannie Goal. Yes, yeah. and giving them activities to do. That's mm-hmm. a big part of this. Um, they need to be kept busy mm-hmm. and getting them out on hikes, getting them out on walks. And that's getting, just not opiates. That everybody's an addiction. That's, it needs to be a, in, a, in a kind of a community that is a clean and active-oriented situation for all addicts. All addicts need to not isolate and to be by themselves. They need to be out into entity. If you were sitting there and listening to us and you think, I'm going to fix this addiction on my own, I go in my room and just meditate mm-hmm. on it, that's not going to work. You need to get out and do things like the Phoenix and Ignite 208 and the different people. So yeah, they, 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 they talk about, you see, hear so many people say the opposite of addiction is sobriety. Yeah. It's, not. it's it, not. It's called human connection is what, is. what our people need. We're all isolators. We yeah. get in our little corner and we do our addict thing. Yep. And we really need to learn to get out there and make connection with people. And that's that's a big part of what a recovery coach does. And that's what we're trying to do. So the IROC money then... Um, 
CIRCA is the other thing that we're... And CIRCA is the acronym for... The Sober Nebraska. Idaho Recovery Community Act. Okay. And so really what that is is trying to get funding to keep these community centers open. Um, they, we have some of them that are, have been fantastic about the fundraising. They have, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to, Pocatello and Idaho Falls are so far ahead of us mm-hmm. in the recovery arena. Um, they've opened their arms to recovery coaches, mm-hmm. and their community centers are being supported by their communities. Yep. And They're the same way with recovery coaches, too. Correct. Recovery coaches were all real big over there, and I know that on our side of the state, it has not. We've not responded as equally well. They, yeah, they're using it in the specialty courts mm-hmm. um, down there, in the woods courts, in the mental health courts, in the drug courts down there. They have recovery coaches on staff. Right. We don't have that in Ada County. In fact, um, last year we had a summit here, and we had some probation officers here, and they'd never heard of recovery coaches. I was appalled. Yeah. And yeah. so they were really excited to hear about recovery coaches because they believed after being at our summit that recovery coaches could be helpful for the people that they work with. Yeah. So. And again, it gets back to all funding and politics and all that stuff. So the bill that she's talking about, certainly we're going to be talking about in the new year as an ongoing basis, but that's an entity that you, again, you're listening to my voice, you're listening to a Christian radio station. This is something that you can get involved in and be a part of. Uh, it's important that you do that. And uh, again, I'm going to stress at the end of the show, I'll reach out how to get in touch with me. But if this is something she feels strongly about, let's get involved and let's be a part of it because this will be a hard sell in terms of this this bill going through. It's been tried before, and basically they've given these wellness centers, if I'm calling them wellness centers, maybe incorrectly, but uh, startup money, and they say go out and do it on your own. And now some of them are struggling, and we need to be cognizant of the fact that this may be the ongoing link that makes it work. Correct? I totally agree, and they're there, you know, one of the things you will find at those community centers, one of the, th- the great things about our returning citizens and people that are recovering from addiction, they love to give back. They, they, they find a lot of health in giving back, and they support these recovery community centers by volunteering and yep, giving of their time. Absolutely. Most of our recovery coaches are volunteers. And so what this the circuit bill will do is give more money to those centers so they can keep the doors open so maybe they can have a recovery coach, a paid recovery coach on staff so that they can have that person there. They don't have people that are just on call. They have somebody that can be there the hours the center is open so that they have something to offer somebody if they walk in the door off the street. Um, It's going to help with the returning citizens. I mean, that's a part of what Circa is all about is helping with the returning citizens. Sorry, they use inmates in the in the bill, and I don't like that word. Yeah, I, not, well, we, we're trying to change it's it. A stig- it's a stigma it's thing. It's okay. And, we're working on it. We'll change so, it. It's going to be an exciting year in 2000. So, yeah, so. Sherry, you're a... Uh, Thank you so much for coming in. We're running out of time, but you'll come back and she'll be our buddy. Maybe we can use her to keep her updated on how we're doing with this bill as we go forward in 2018. I think the 2018 will be a great year for those of us who um, are struggling with addiction and trying to make it work and help others that do. Okay. I thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me.
thank you so much for uh, listening today to uh, Victory Over Sin. Uh, so happy that Sherry came in. Sherry's a delightful lady. You're going to hear good things about her from uh, Recovery Idaho, and we'll hope to keep her kind of coming back and talking to us about that because it's going to be they're going to be a powerful partner in the future for those of us who struggle with addiction. If any of information that we have given out for you, we're easy to reach. You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. Email Systemic Change of Idaho, all spelled out at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. Thank you so much.